1970s British sex comedies were Money Spinners. And at the top of that tree, I mean, it was a it was a pretty withered tree, but at the top of that tree would be the Confessions movies. And I suppose you could say, and I've said this before in podcasts, that they owe something to the kind of cheeky um, variety feel of Carry On movies. In that, quite a lot of, well, everybody wants it, but no one's getting it. This is the thing about British sexual um, antics and the permissive society in the 70s. People want it. It's not actually happening. And with the Confessions movies, which pushed things a bit more as far as the flesh quotient went, particularly the female um, characters, bear in mind this is the 70s, and this is not something we'd be considering now at all. With Although they pushed that side of things, there is, um, usually in the Confessions movies, no way that actual sexual gratification takes place. Except in one Confessions movie. And I'm going to be looking at that. Well, I've already looked at it. And once you've looked at it, you can't unsee it. Because this is the third in a set of four. Starts with Confessions of a a Window Cleaner, then goes to Pop Performer. This is the third. It's Confessions of a Driving Instructor. And by this time, I mean, you've got Confessions from a Holiday Camp to come. But by this time, it's looking remarkably tired. Let me just say, first up, that you couldn't have the Confessions movies becoming so successful, and they were, as far as the legacy and as far as the box office for, for in the UK went, you couldn't have had that success without Robin Asquith. A lot of people denigrate Robin Asquith's work, and I suppose you could say quite limited but he knows what he's doing and he knows what he's doing as Timmy Lee the main character of these movies because as I said earlier Timmy is someone who doesn't have much experience doesn't really know what he's doing he doesn't have the wit to woo to use a a carry-on gag and he really doesn't understand how to how to have sex, I suppose. He's always caught inflagrante delicto, and um, what he really wants is love. He's kind of naive, and generally, he's not the predator. Generally, it's the women who want to have sexual intercourse with him who are the predators, and that's a male fantasy. I understand that, but if he were the predator, that would be something entirely different, would it not? I hasten to add that these movies in general, not this one, and not the one that comes after it actually, but that the first two movies are a sort of a cut above. Movies like How to Keep It Up for a Week, Eskimo Nell that I podcasted about recently, and the Adventures movies, which are exactly like the Confessions movies, Adventures of a Taxi Driver, Adventures of a Plumber's Mate, Adventures of a Private Eye, all of those movies are sub-confessions movies. And as I've said many times, imagine being a sub-confessions movie. Now, 
one thing you do get in the first two movies is you get quite a lot of people who um people who you've seen on sitcoms and films fairly big names in UK comedy like you know John LeMessure and uh, Richard Wattis people like that who's in the Centrinians films and Sykes and you know John LeMessure um here oh by the way Bob Todd I think he's in one of them the less said about that the better but here you don't get any of that this is a movie which has the same core characters in so it's um it's Timmy and his brother Sid Noggett uh well brother-in-law Sid Noggett and his sister and the mother so um the brother-in-law, who's always entrepreneur, wheeler, dealer, never can get anything right, is played by Tony Booth. More of that in a minute. His sister is played by Sheila White, with a kind of um, sweetness, but um, an understanding that she's not in a very good situation because she's married to Sid Noggett, and she's got a child with him, so she can't escape. Doris Hare, uh, reprising her role, really, as the mother in On the Buses, the same performance that you'll get, is his mother, and uh, actually I forgot that Bill Maynard is Walter, doing, um, well, I mean, I, I like Bill Maynard in these movies and in the some of the, um, some of the Carry On movies, didn't like his work later, I, I quite liked, um, so in Froggit, I didn't like the gaffer, and I certainly didn't like Greengrass, but anyway, that's a side issue. He'll be doing some work which is obvious and, te- and giving us some lines which are casually racist later on. And that's not good. Okay, so the plot is that the latest wheeze that um, Sid's got, Sid Noggett has, is to is that he's bought a driving school. Uh, now, the driving school that he's bought is a run-down driving school, but the bloke who sold it to him took him to the driving school next door, which is a far better run and far more swizzy, one more swishy driving school. How he got in there, I do not know. How there weren't people in the business saying, Why, what are you doing in my shop? I do not know. But anyway, let's, let's ignore that plot line. So that swishy driving school is run by Windsor Davis. Now, Windsor Davis is... I mean, he's... You never quite know what you're going to get. So sometimes, as in Carry On Behind, he produces some really interesting... When I say interesting, what I mean is some really fun work. You know, in his ain't half up, Mummy produced some really fun work. Sometimes he doesn't, and that's the case here. It's almost as if the... um, the director, it was Norman Cohen who directed it, said to everybody, why don't you just give us the line of least resistance? Well, I think there might be some some plot lines here, an overarching, and I'm going back to my sense of memory, why don't you just give us the line of least resistance? Now, I don't know if he said that, but it does seem to be that way. Now, his um, sort of, not partner, but chief driving instructor salesperson, I suppose, is um, is a character called, um, well, I mean, 
he's called Tony Bender. There was a joke about that later on. Um, that's one of the egregious jokes, which I probably will be visiting later on. I won't be enjoying it. And um, he's played by George Layton. George Layton had a very interesting career because he was both um, an actor and a writer. You know, he, he was in the first few series of the A.R. Fuck Mum, and then he left. He wrote... Uh, he was... He, he, was um, he wrote Doctor in the House, Doctor at Large, all of that. He um, did a load of writing. I think he wrote from May to December, didn't he? Not from May to December. Don't wait up. You know the Doctor's Latimer? Mm. Britain. Havers. Williams. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and he's uh, so he's playing a sort of posh gentleman with. He, he's got some kind of snorting laugh. But there's quite a lot of. Oh, there's a lot of that going on, which is not ideal. I mean, you know, when, when it was done in Carry On Camping, that was different. It came from a character basis. This looks like it's been laid on the top. So, Wins Davis's character has, uh, who's, who's called Mr. Truscott, has a daughter. Um, and she is played by Linda Bellingham. That's Mary. And she and Timmy get together. She's terribly posh and very jolly hockey sticks and rather one note. And I'm not a great fan of Linda Bellingham. It's very sad that she's passed and all of that, but I'm not a massive fan. You know, after the Oxo adverts and all of that, I don't really... I, I still remembered the Confessions movies and some other stuff she'd done, which I didn't really enjoy. And I, I was never a great fan. I'm not a great fan here either. It's a one-note performance of a kind of rugby-loving, jolly hockey sticks type woman. And I don't know why, because they're not a posh um, family at all. They just run a driving school. Okay, so the whole idea is that there are people who come to the driving school, who come to the Nogli driving school, and they're taking lots of people from the um, the other driving school, people like Irene Handel, who's taken her test apparently 43 times. Right, now, it's an old gag, you know, I did my test this amount of times once I, I, I failed before I got out of the driving test centre. All of those kind of gags. 43 is too many. 23 might be okay. We have got a scene with her, with um, with Timmy Lee, with the, with the crash helmet and all that. That's actually all right because I really handle knows what she's doing. She does have a, a, a you know a, a stock character, but she knows what she's doing with it, and that is the difference here. Whereas Tony Booth, in my view, has a stock character, but that's because it's all that's all he can do, I suspect, and it doesn't really give us anything else other than that he's always doing the same thing he can't turn a gag there is a there's a gag with a an aquarium where he and Robin Asquith are trying to sort of um, get the aquarium out of the office and they're moving one way and the other he can't really turn the gag Asquith's trying hard but I think he's not succeeding because Tony Booth's involved I'm not a great fan as you might expect and we see a variety of people who want to have sexual intercourse with Timmy because he's a, a young, good-looking man, I suppose, and he's very naive, so there's all of that. He gets involved with some very um, 
with a, um, a lady who wants to um, have uh, um, sexual intercourse with him and uh, they're in a shack on a building site I don't know why they are but they are and that building gets um, uh, hoisted and they're in the local press which causes an influx of people wanting to have lessons that's really the plot and him getting together with um, with Mary with Linda Bellingham and, and then most of the of the second half of the movie is a rugby match which is um, why do I, why, um, it, because the idea is that uh, Timmy Lee has had to say that he is a rugby player because he wants to impress Mary because she loves rugby so much so they have a rugby he's, he's drafted into a team of ne'er-do-wells called the Boys, the Borstalites but they're, they're not hard men or anything like that anyway uh, he scores a try at which point Windsor Davis who is the um, the referee says half time it's 8-0 to the other team but he scored a try so have you not no, no? Oh, we're not bothered are we there are some really rather um disturbing jokes here and I suspect they were egregious even in the 70s so at one point uh, uh, the character that um Leighton is playing which of course is called Tony Bender um, thinks he has knocked out or thinks he's actually killed but with one punch um, Windsor Davis's character gives him the kiss of life at which point Windsor Davis character Mr Truscott wakes up and well the second part of the line is I can see why they call you Bender that's not ideal and it's not even very good because that's actually his surname. They don't call him that. It's his surname. That's the, the name he was born with. So actually, they don't call him that. <sighs> this has been written by Christopher Wood. And I don't think it's all that good. There are some sort of um, actors and actresses, well, actresses mainly, that you would expect in here. So Liz Fraser's in there as a kind of amorous landlady. She knows what she's doing, and when they end up in the bath together, actually, it's the only time in any of the Confessions movies that sexual gratification takes place. And the great thing is that the camera lingers on her face. So although it's comedy, comedy gratification, she's enjoying herself. That's great. She gets what she needs and wants. I don't really think that Timmy Lee does. And afterwards, that was nice, dear. That's that's really heartwarming in this movie, actually, considering, I'll use the word again, the egregious nature of it. Just not very funny. Now, I can put my um, concerns and prejudices aside somewhat for the first two movies, and I understand exactly that I'm watching them at a certain time period and that I'm watching them from a certain time period and I understand the situation. With this, it's harder to put them aside. The casual racism of John Junkin actually is in is in this movie. It's in the next one as well. He's the he's the uh, the camp um, owner of the holiday camp in Fun for All. Fun for All. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. 
in, in, in confessions of a holiday camp, and um, they go out to a trattoria, which actually is a bit of a social commentary, because that wouldn't often happen in this time. This is 1976, and a family like the, um, the Lee family, who were trying to be upwardly mobile, certainly Sid Nugget and his, and, and, um, his wife are, his girlfriend are, but Doris Hare's character and, um, and Bill Maynard's character aren't. And he doesn't like being there. There's nothing on the menu he knows. Um, he, wants, he only knows spaghetti and he'll have it with chips. So, as um, John Junkie goes, he utters the immortal line, don't forget my chips, Beppo. Now, we don't need that because actually it was interesting that he doesn't feel at home. Neither does Sid Nugget, but he's trying to say three spaghettis and we'll have some, you know, have some, some cherry chicken dish. And, and Timmy's very sweet with, so what's chicken on this menu? I'll point that out to you, so I'll have that, thank you. But tonight it could have been a very nice social commentary, this scene, if it wasn't for, and it could have humanised that family. And, and for God's sake, they need it in this movie. But lines like that from Bill Maynard's character just overbalance the whole thing. Such a shame. And the set pieces here aren't really very good. There's some sexual gratification or attempts in a go- on a golf course. I don't know why. Um, in which someone, someone attempts to play a golf ball from the cleft of um, Robin Asquith's bottom because the golfer can't quite see, you see. I don't know, I mean, we see it from her point of view. It clearly looks like a bottom, so I don't know why she thought, why am I doing this from a bottom? It doesn't look like a bunker. It looks like something else beginning with B. There are obviously the kind of scenes where... Um, something's happening in the in the front seats and somebody somebody somebody's leg touches the uh, handbrake and, and the thing starts rolling down the hill that sort of thing there's a scene where a huntsman comes back i don't know i mean he's in the huntsman's garb and his wife is some kind of artist um and they're having some some kind of illicit fun and um he comes back and has the kind of blunderbuss thing, you know, where... And, and he's being chased by hounds as well. From the hunt, is Timmy. It's a bit weird. And um, it does seem to be... There's less plot in this. I mean, I know that sounds odd, but there is some plot in the first two movies. It's sort of the last knockings of Nugget and Timmy Lee in, in, in this movie. The next one's even more egregious, and there's no real reason for it except for titillation. It's a shame, really, because it could have been a lot better if the script had been better, and I suspect if the actors had... the ones who could do it were told to explore something a bit more. But probably made a load of money, and that is fair enough. Is it? Actually, probably not. Ta-ta.